This is the Soul Yes Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Maria, a manifestation queen and business mentor for women ready to build empires and create legacies. If you're ready to manifest with ease, unlock your infinite potential and create a life and business even better than your vision board, then you're in the right place. The Soul Yes Podcast is an activation of your most abundant, successful, and aligned self who is ready to make her desires a reality. Claim it now. I am ready for my next level. Let's go, babes. Guys, when I shared about this podcast guest on my Instagram, my Instagram blew the fuck up. I kid you not. So I'm so excited to share this juicy episode with you. Today's guest is Alyssa, and she is an astrologer, astrogeographer, and guide. She uses tools for her healing arts practice from all over the world. As a practitioner, astral herbalist, she bridges the realms between heaven and the stars through her own unique line of work. She's the founder of Astral Academy and the line of planetary essences. We talk so much in this episode about astrogeography or astrocartography, and really how Basically, you are already aligned to different areas based on your birth time, based on your horoscope. Honestly, my mind was blown. I actually had a session with Alyssa before I invited her on the podcast. Um, I'm not going to lie. I tried to read my own chart first and it was a shambles, but I got into this session with her and she just made it so simple and so easy to understand. What she shared with me was actually around these kind of energies that I really like to be around. And it was so fascinating because it showed that Miami was there, Greece was there for me, Bali was there for me, and also apparently Hawaii. I've not been to Hawaii, but this definitely means that I need to go. So if you're also planning a holiday and or where to live, Alyssa is a girl to hook you up with where resonates for you in terms of your birth chart. The other amazing thing she shared with me was about where some of my home lines are and actually the place that we're moving to next, which I'm not sharing just yet. We're not going to be moving until November, so we've got a little while yet, but it is um, a place with my home line through it. So super, super juicy. I'm really excited for you to dive into this episode. Make sure to share a little screenshot of you listening with your biggest takeaway, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I am so excited to have you on the Soy Yes podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. I know I said just before we started recording, but literally the amount of DMs I got after we did our reading was just incredible. So I thought it'd be amazing to get you on, talk all things astrocartography. Um, but the first question that I always ask is, what are you grateful for today? Oh, today I'm grateful for the change in seasons. We have this amazing Japanese maple that sits in our front yard and she is like the majestic protector of our house. And she has changed color so much in the last like three days. I just stare at her sometimes and my heart just explodes. I'm like, I'm obsessed with this tree and I love her so much. So I feel really grateful to be protected by her. She's, I'll have to send you a picture, but she's majestic. I love I love your description of her like I can tell the energy she emits even from your description she is holy in in the springtime she was this like bright bright green color and so I would stare at her then and I was like wow she's coming back to life like this is so amazing and now she's kind of I feel like the tree's me because I'm watching her from like a removed perspective but now she's going into like her shedding and I'm like okay we're gonna go into the shedding too I love the, I love the camaraderie as well with the the tree essence. I feel like tree gazing should actually be 
I like an actual activity we should engage in. It a hundred percent should be. I'll sit under her sometimes for long hours and I'll just like lay under the tree. And I think maybe that's why they like had like pictures and descriptions and movies of people underneath trees because they knew how majestic it was. Yeah. I was just thinking like, I was a bit embarrassed. I wasn't going to bring it up. I'm going to go there. Like my head was going straight to like Pocahontas, Grandmother Willow. And then I watched, I actually watched another Disney film last night, which is why I was embarrassed to admit this, but it was called like Jungle Cruise or something. Um, I've never seen that one. <laughs> oh, it's new. It's actually so good. It's got the rock in. Like it's like, it's, 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 it's genuinely actually really good, but they're basically trying to get to this tree that's very like, um, it's very like avatar, like it kind of like comes alive under the moon and has these amazing healing petals that can basically heal you of anything. And it's like the yeah. tree's medicine. Um, so yeah, I feel like there is a lot of like symbolism yeah. with this kind of like tree energy and this healing and this nurturing and kind of like that mother energy. So I was saying Squadcast just very rudely um, dropped me out. And I'm actually going to talk about it instead of try and brush over it because... We're recording this on the week that Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp went down. And as we tried to get on today, like headphones are breaking, squadcast breaking. It's been, it's been a wild ride so far. So <laughs> wild ride. Like we're trying to flow with Mercury in retrograde, but she's, it's pushing back on us for sure. Literally. She's like, no, babes, no, I'm in control here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I was on a run though about Disney, trees, symbology, and that like mother healing energy and just like kind of like real nurturing energy. Mm-hmm. Which is definitely what we're moving into. I mean, you won't get this seasonal shift as much in Mexico, but here where I'm basically in Canada, there's a huge seasonal shift and I'm just gently watching and witnessing all of this like death around me that we're going into with like the decay and I'm like waiting and in like anticipation and feeling that in my body and it's like feels very big this year of wow what are we stepping into what are we letting go of and thinking about that from like removing myself out of the equation just as a collective what's transpired over the last year has been crazy crazy so of yeah. course Mercury is kicking our butt. Pluto's returning. It's been in retrograde. Huge planetary shifts are happening. And we kind of just have to witness them and like, okay, we're gonna flow with this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're so right about there being so much to shed and release. And I feel like the energy is we've been almost like gripping on for so long that there needs to be this moment of like, oh my God, I need to let it go. And Mm -hmm. it also feels like, and this is kind of my observer opinion, and obviously you've got so much more awareness around the planets and what's happening there, but just that we've been in this absolute vortex of like rapid transformation. And I feel like the last two years, everything's happened on hyperspeed. Hyperspeed, for sure. It is definitely, you know, in Kundalini Yoga, like Yogi Bhajan, he always talks about how this age of technology is going to be so fast that we don't have like our generation and our parents' generation. We don't have the technology to almost keep up with it. That's why we have practices. But the younger generation, like I have a half brother who's 16, they're more technologically 
programmed to keep up with this generation, like how fast we're moving at a technological speed. They're okay with it. It's like us that needs the practices and the grounding and like the deep reflective time. And yeah, just the actual awareness of what's happening. It's so interesting, but we're definitely moving at like lightning speed. I think that's so interesting as well, what you were just saying, because when WhatsApp and Instagram and everything went down the other day, I was like, this is fantastic. And I was yeah. just so calm. And I switched off and I read my book because I couldn't, because my laptop also broke on the same day because, you know, fucking classic Mercury just kicking my ass. And um, I was so like, hard. I was li- like, I literally cannot do anything. I can't do any work right now. I can't contact anyone. I was like, I'm literally just going to sit on the couch and read my book. Like I- I've got fuck all else to do at this point. And it yeah. was blissful. It was magic. But we grew up with that. You know, we grew up not having WhatsApp or like Instagram constantly. And I think it's really interesting that we even have that reference point and the next generation like won't even necessarily have that you know, mm-hmm. Nokia 3310 and playing Snake and sending text messages as, yeah. as a reference point to go off. Yeah. And last night I, w- I got into the shower and my first thought was, what if I went and traded my phone in for like a flip phone? Like, what would life be like if I just had a flip phone and then I worked at my computer and I, I wasn't like, you know, in this program of like being on social media and like scrolling and doing this. And I think right now too just coming into the fall is like the autumn is the time where we you know connect in with the earth the most like for me it's when I connect in the most with the earth and when we don't have this like communication channel or this social media where do we go it's like outside into the earth you know talking with nature being outside being enveloped by her and it's kind of like the invitation we just keep getting given and we're all just like neglecting it of like, what does the earth need right now? How can we heal the earth? How can we heal ourselves through her? And that's like the invitation of stillness that we're, we all are resisting as we move into fall. Oh, I love that. I feel like you put things so eloquently, like, because it was making me laugh because in my head again, I was thinking of um, the meme that went round. I can't remember what it was, but it was something like um, everyone suddenly realizing there's nature and there's things outside as soon as their phone breaks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, you know, it really was like, you know, it's an invitation to slow. And that's what I had with myself as well. I was like, I'm just going to slow down. I'm just going to read my book. And that that slowing energy I think is something that we we need to weave in and I know I turned around to the the groups that I was in in terms of my my coaching clients and I said like what impact did it have on your business obviously I'm a business coach but I also the first question was actually what impact did it have on you how did you feel like how would were you able to switch off more concentrate more like what was the the impact on you and I think we can take as with everything, we can take the lessons from that and then start to apply it throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. For sure. It was definitely, I think for a lot, and I'm sure your clients had reflected this, but it was like a big wake up call for a lot of people. I felt like it was a snow day. I was like, <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> I literally love that energy. Snow day. Yeah. I'm here As for that. Someone online, you know, you have to if we don't intentionally give ourselves that space, it just doesn't exist. We don't get to come off social media. It's always there. And I was like, wow, it'd be so great if this would happen. You know, and it was funny because on Sundays, I'm normally not on social media. That's usually my day off. 
And then Monday came and I was like, my nervous system feels fantastic. My Tuesday. Yeah. It's a really good point. And I think I used to do a lot of like digital detox days. And for me, it's definitely reinstilled. I need like entire day. I'm an introvert as well. So like my energy, I need to recharge. And I, mm-hmm. I do a lot of client facing work. So I'm already like using a lot of my energy and my batteries during the week. So I actually need that time of just like going, going within and yeah, digital detox weekends are back. Snow days. Yeah, and they're totally back. <laughs> I love it. Are you a projector too? Is that your yeah. design? Your projector? What are your numbers? Four six. Four six. I'm a three six, but I'm also a projector. But yeah, the inside time. Yeah, project because that's the thing, like the limited energy, like our limited batteries. And also, I don't know if this is just like part of my chart or it's a projector thing, but I have retreat in my chart. So I need mm. to go, but then retreat back and take time to like rebuild. And then I, I can feel that in my life, in my business. Like I feel at the moment I'm in retreat mode right now. I'm kind of like going back, getting everything lined up, doing the inner work, like doing all that kind of stuff. And then I will come emerge back forward. Mm-hmm. And that's the invitation for everyone for like fall and winter is like, that's when you, we should be doing that work the most and really coming into that dark space of like the inner dark and um, looking at what needs to be looked at. And then, you know, spring is like our blooming of coming back out and showing the world, like, this is what we've done, you know, and <laughs> showing your face again. Yeah. <laughs> like total transformation. <laughs> I love this. I could literally chat so much and we haven't even started to drop into astrocartography. So I think the first question just has to be like, what on earth is astrocartography? <laughs> So astrocartography and astrogeography are the same technology. Astrocartography is trademarked by Jim Lewis, who claims to invented it in like 1973. Um, Very similar timeline to when human design came about. Astrogeography got started being studied as well. So there was a very interesting portal that happened within those couple years of really birthing this in the technology that we need to kind of move ahead as a species. So it is the astrology of place. So just as you have a natal birth chart, you have information, you know, everyone usually knows their sun sign. That's the sign that they relate to the most. You also have other aspects of your chart that show up on your astrogeography of a global view of all of your planetary lines and the essences and the energy that they carry. And that gives us kind of, you know, that picturesque global view that we sometimes see with like all the crazy lines. (laughs) Everyone thinks it looks so crazy. But yeah, it's a really powerful technology when we start to understand and pick apart what it is that it's showing us. And it shows us so many different things, but mainly, you know, the energy you're living on, what you were born on, where you want to travel or move or call home or the spaces that, you know, you just intuitively feel called to from like an ancestral line or there's so many different options of how we can start to piece and pick apart your chart. But it's always based on like the individual's journey as well as, as with your natal chart. It's like, where are you at on your journey? You know, what do you need? What is the information that you're seeking or what phase are you in? So that's kind of, I guess, in short what it is. <laughs> I love that. And you started to answer the the second question I was going to ask as well, which is kind of like, 
why would you explore this? Like what, what kind of, what can it be used for? So I know when I came to you, we were, we'd been very transitionary. We'd been moving around a lot and I kind of felt my energy different in certain places. And I was kind of looking for, I guess, answers around that, but also guidance of, of where would be good places to, to settle more. Um, but what are some of the, the kind of reasons that people start to explore this? Mm-hmm. That's definitely, I think the biggest one is big life transitions of moving and especially with 2020, we have just totally reshaped the whole grid. The whole entire grid just got moved around. And now I think that's why we're feeling this resonance from that. It's like when we all shift and move, there's frequencies that are also shifting and moving. And with that, the earth kind of has to recalibrate herself. And so with 2020, so many people either had to stay in their sense of home or were called to a new space where they felt was more aligned or back with family or out of the cities. So there was just a lot happening within that of people feeling like, okay, where's my next chapter going to be? Where was this going to take place? That was definitely the biggest driving force. I think for my business was everyone was leaving LA, everyone was leaving New York, everyone's leaving London, like these huge cities now are getting distorted because there's so much movement and recalibration happening from a global perspective. Yeah. And what I love about these kind of like technologies is that they actually explain the things that we feel and see anyway. And I think that's, I think that's how so many things work. Like I believe that science is just explaining the things that are already there that we can't explain, like that we can't necessarily put into words yet, which is why it doesn't necessarily always give us the full picture because there's things that we can't explain yet. And I feel like this is another kind of like, you know, mode of, yes, we could see everyone was was kind of like leaving, but it gave so much more color to to why and, and why certain places were resonating and certain places weren't. And something I found really interesting as well from um, the reading I did with you was you were saying about how different, like the places themselves have their own energies as well. Could you like share a little bit more about what you mean by that? Mm-hmm. So this isn't, astro- well, it is astrology related, but each city, there is an astrology that correlates with it. So, you know, New York City has a different astrology than Beijing has a different astrology than, you know, Sydney, Australia. They're all very different astrologically. And from a ley line perspective, if we start to look at the ley lines of things, which are basically, if you just track it around the horizon, where, so a very interesting one is um, Mexico City also hits like Cairo, Egypt, two huge like spiritual awakened places that just hold these amazing frequencies of ancient technologies, like the civilizations that live there, what came through from these places, the wisdom, the wisdom of the earth, obviously, but they all carry different energy. And so not only it's, I feel called to go to this place, because it's really like the land is calling you in from the earth perspective, as well as this like very cosmic perspective of their planets here that are going to help evolve you on your journey. And I like to call them invitations. Like we're getting invited all the time. We have these like different downloads of where we should be, but we're accepting the invitations or not accepting the invitations. And so for you, you're like, 
Mexico. I'm accepting this invitation. We're going to go evolve together. Mm-hmm. The projector part of me loved that invitation part then as well. I was like, yes, I, re- I heard my invitation and I, I yeah. went with it. When I first got told about this and I was like, right, okay, you know, I'm going to plug in my date of birth and my my place of birth and all the rest of it suddenly this map popped up and I was like what on earth is this so could you explain like what are all these and I obviously understand a little bit more since our session now but like what are all these lines what are all these symbols at the top like what is all of it representing and kind of in a, in a broader sense so it is your natal chart like you know how we look at it from a circular view And we can see within our chart, you'll always see what's aspecting each other or what's in the same house or what is, you know, conjunct a different planet. There's all this information within our natal astrology. So having that awareness is always very important going into your astrogeography. But if you don't have it, that's okay. So hopefully I can explain it in a way that's like, oh, this makes a little more sense. But the symbols are all represented by the planets. So all 11 Pluto is considered and Chiron is considered. So even though Chiron is not a planet, quote unquote, it's an asteroid, but he's considered in astrology. So we have 11 planets. And then really, it's just showing us where that planet shows up energetically. So it gets put into like, it's like freshman math geometry kind of of like, and I always have to ask my partner because he's like a math whiz. I'm like, what's the name of that wave again? And he'll like tell me and I'm like, yes, that's it. <laughs> Love that. And so it gets put into like this mathematical equation and then it gives us this, just a different view. So like if you were to pull up your natal chart, you can kind of, you can match them to each other. Like these planets are here together. Here they are together on your astrogeography chart. And it's just a different, it's a different perspective. And to people, it looks crazy. But when we like zoom in and get to the root of what we're actually looking at, it becomes much more specific and not just like this chaos of planetary energies. It was honestly like so fascinating. And what I found really interesting was, and I'm going to give like my basic words and then I'm sure you'll give me like the actual terms, but my green, it was my green line, my home line. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's Mercury. Yes. Cause it's related to your throat. Yeah. So like that was, it ran through so many other places that felt like home to me or I felt really, so I think it went through like Athens. I have, it up, I mean, I have it up, but my, my reading is terrible, but it was like going through like places like Athens and places like Tulum in Mexico as well. Um, it was like close to Miami as well. So all these places that I'd already felt very comfortable in or very at home and it was kind of it was almost telling me what what I already knew in regards to that and then the other one that I loved when you were explaining was like the the kind of happy line the sunshiny line <laughs> oh the sun line yeah yeah and the then line the celebrity I so like that went through Japan for me which was like somewhere as well that you know I felt really happy and stuff like that and then no, actually, Miami wasn't a home line because it was, Tulum was a home line, but I had these three lines that were like very transformative energies as well. And all the places where I really enjoyed that kind of like, and I obviously love transformation, like all the places I felt that it went through. So that was like Bali, that was Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was also in Hawaii, which I've not been to yet. So I felt like you gave me a good a good guide of where to also go on holiday in future. 
Yeah. And for you, it's so fun because you've traveled so much, you know, for the average person, they may not have experienced all this energy yet, right? You're really getting to pick and choose and see how this energy shows up, where it shows up, how it feels and just, you know, everyone's experience is different, how they evolve over time, right? And I think this is something that people don't really take into consideration when looking at astrology is like, our birth chart is the blueprint. It is the exact thing that we can map and track from the moment we are born till pretty much the moment we die. And where we are at within that chart is always going to be changing because we're changing. And some people have the ability to find these planets and evolve maybe quicker than others or at just a better speed and rate. And that's just their journey. That's just a part of who they are. And so it makes it fun when, you know, I've had sessions with people that have never left their hometown. That's their journey, you know, and their journey is to be with family and to maybe cultivate their own family and their sense of home. You know, a lot of my clients in session have traveled all over the entire globe. Just some, you know, some people just have had the most amazing travel experiences and it doesn't make one better than the other. It's just different perspectives of how we can evolve and how, you know, one person could be evolving the other one. And we're all mirroring back these important lessons to one another. So that's just like a little astrology spiel, but. I love this. And I think it's such a good point because, and again, it's, it's kind of a microcosm of the macrocosm in terms of like, you know, that's just how we are. And I'm 30 now. So I'm really at that point where like, you know, some of my friends are having babies and very settled down. And then, you know, there's people like me who's kind of off around working out what country I want to live in and stuff like that. And it's just really honoring all those different journeys and recognizing that they're all rich in their own ways. It's just different, different preferences, different assignments that we, that we've been given. If someone's looking to learn to read their chart, I know that you've launched the most amazing academy. So I'd love, love, love to hear more about this. Mm -hmm. So the Astral Academy was birthed because as we're moving into this technological age, we need the information to read the stars. We need the information to read, you know, frequencies and energy. And so all these technologies are important. Breath work, Kundalini yoga, um, you know, any type of plant medicine, they're all important, astrology. And we can kind of see how they can start piecing together. But I wanted to create a space where people felt comfortable exploring this very cosmic realm. And it's very ancient and it's also very new in a sense. Like we're looking at it from a new perspective and there's so much to interpret from your chart, from learning how to read, you know, daily transit charts or just knowing more deeply about yourself that can help, you know, translate into your relationships and your job. And there's so much there. And so I wanted to create a space where people can learn all of that in a very, digestible manner. I think when I look at a lot of astrology courses or things like that, it's very overwhelming because there's so much information. And so I really wanted to break it down in a way that's like, I'm going to teach you this and we're going to have time to integrate it all. So there's an integration period between like level one and level two. So it's not like you're not rushing to get anywhere. You're really becoming the embodied astrology that I'm teaching, which is really what it is. It's like embodied astrology. How does this feel in my body? 
Um, and how does it show up in my life? And how can I navigate that? What tools do I need? What, you know, what is most aligned for you? Cause it'll be different for everyone. So yeah, it's an academy I created and I'm just so excited because it's just, it's so me, like we didn't talk about this, you know, my earlier journey of like what happened to get to this point. But I was thinking about it the other day, like I was such a cosmic child in so many ways. Like I was obsessed with aliens. My neighbor had a Ouija board and I would like try and go over and like use the Ouija board. And my neighbors like literally had to tell me no, like they had to get rid of it. And I just remember like as a child, I was like, what do you mean? Like, I can't play with the Ouija board. And they're like, Alyssa, like, do you know what you're doing? And I'm like, yeah, like, and it was just always a part of my reality. And I was like, maybe, you know, it's like, it is a little bit of nature and nurture, but it was definitely nurtured in me to be very like, spiritually curious, I would say. <laughs> I love this. I feel like you've literally predicted the exact question I was about to ask you, which was, what was your journey into this? You know, how, how did this kind of become part of your your life and your calling? Yeah, so I, you know, when I worked through the artist way, which was really like, I think one of her prompts or like one of the exercises you do in one of the weeks is like looking at your childhood and what you were really drawn to as a child. And so when I started mapping those pieces together, it was like in third grade, I made this solar system that I hand painted, like literally every fine detail of every planet. Like I, it was extreme for like a third grade project. Like I would just, I would give myself an applaud if I saw it now. But <laughs> I remember like walking into school feeling so proud, like look at my solar system. And it like lit up. It literally, I put lights in it, like way beyond the technology we had then. And that was one thing that I was always just really curious about of like, we're so small in compared to this huge cosmic force that we're living in. So what else is out there? What else are we not seeing? And yeah, my dad was a big pillar for me in my life growing up of, he was very spiritually tapped in. He was a Reiki master my whole life. And I got exposed to a lot of these really ancient tools at a very young age. So I felt like it was a gift, really. And at the time, I just didn't understand. I was like, you know, I feel like I was maybe eight or nine when my dad like taught me how to like astral project out of my body. And I wow. don't, don't think that's things that happen to like eight or nine year olds. And I just felt so safe doing those things of like, leaving my body for a second, coming out, like exploring, you know, like that liminal space that exists. And I just always wanted to be there. I never really wanted to be like back in my body. And so that was like, that's part of my journey is coming back into the earth plane and coming back into my body and not being so cosmic, but it was really nurtured at a really young age. And so with lockdown, when that started, I was still working my full time job. And I was working, you know, at least 40 hours a week, but I started doing charts just for fun with my friends. I was like, hey, we'll come on, uh, you know, we'll jump on a call and I'll just read your chart and we'll just have like a cup of tea together. And it was just like fun. And then one thing kind of led to the next and everything spiraled together of me just doing charts like full time and really having this be my offering back to the world of like, oh, wow, that happened so fast. But this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It was like a very clear invitation. So that's how it kind of started. And it's just been 
I've really been wanting to step into the role, like the archetype of the teacher now. And it's, I think it's definitely time. It's past time, but it's all perfect. So yeah, that's just a little bit. Oh my God, literally the most amazing journey. And I love how you grew up with all these amazing like influences from your dad. And I love that you're saying you're doing that, you know, when you're like eight years old, just so exciting exploring those realms. And I think what's incredible as well is like honoring in your journey that you, part of your journey is actually coming back and being out of the cosmic more and more into like your body and the earth and the, and the ground and again it's just that kind of you know for some of us we need to to get out a little bit more for for others it makes me think of the the doshas like you know how you have kind of like the vata where you're very like airy very ethereal and then there's the kapha kapha Kapha. then when you're like super grounded super earthy like almost like a bit of like a slower energy and just kind of like finding those unique balances for you. It's really, really incredible. And with the kind of evolution of where the business is going and how things are changing, I know that there's also um, the planetary essences, which is called the line, which I literally love this name because it makes me think of all like the astrology lines as well. I just think it's so perfect. But I'd love to hear more about how... Yeah, it's amazing. I would love to hear more about how that idea was birthed into the world. Yeah, so part of that coming back into the earth was um, maybe like three years ago, I started keeping bees. So I'm a beekeeper, which is a really Love fun that. fact about me. So cool. <laughs> and so the bees kind of, I say this, but they really led me to the flowers. Like they just perfectly aligned me to where I need to be in life. And they show me, they're the most perfect mirror for me. Um and so I kept getting this, these like intuitive hits to go find these flowers. Like I would get in my car and I would just start driving. And I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going right now. And then I would just like arrive down this dirt road and there would be this perfect patch of like foxglove or like these amazing native plants. And I was just like, I felt so honored. Like the plants invited me in to their realm of like, come see, you know. And something I want to also say is like, you know, I'm saying like plant and planetary essences, it's really the same as like thinking about, you know, homeopathy or any type of plant medicine work. They're not different from each other. They all have their own unique medicine. So the flowers carry this beautiful, these beautiful codes that we can just work with and work on. And I very clearly got these invitations from the flowers to start making essences to support people in their healing journeys. And so I handpick everything myself. I make all the essences myself. I'm like a, <laughs> I'm like an herbal apothecary in my house, but I that's love this. part of my journey. Yeah. And so it's a beautiful way to bring in new energy that can start to realign the somatic body and really brings in that healing energy and they work with different you know meridians and chakras and different types of energy wherever you are in your path and the flowers just perfectly align with the planet so much like plants planets like there is a very big distinction to make between the two that we have to start recognizing that they're the like flowers are like these little cosmic beings too 
I find the way you describe things so magical and the flowers being cosmic beings as well. I'm just like, this is incredible. And when you've been on this journey with the plants, has that looked like more kind of the essences and the kind of, I guess, the um, the aromas of them? Or is it also kind of like the herbalism in, in terms of like taking them? Is it being the plant medicine? Like what has that journey looked like with the plants for you? So when I think about like where did my curiosity come from with the plants, I'm I'm also brought back to my childhood, my childhood home of these black eyed Susans that we had in the front yard. And I remember I would just like kind of lay by them. And I always remember just feeling so nurtured, like that energy just felt so calming to me. And then into my adult life, I definitely was did a lot of plant medicine, like with psilocybin and combo and all these different things. But that was kind of before I found the flowers. I was like, wait, it can be simpler than this. Mm -hmm. It can be much more subtle because the thing about being very sensitive is when I do any type of plant medicine, it's like, it's almost too much. Like every time it's almost too much because I'm already walking a very fine threshold and then it kind of just like, takes me way out of my body. And that was like my journey of coming back into the body and witnessing the very, very subtle energies that we're working on. And the flowers do that perfectly. So I take them orally every day. It's kind of just like a tincture, you put it in your mouth, you can do four drops four times a day, or just put it in your water bottle in the morning. And it starts to just really align the body, but it takes a much longer period of time, right? Like when we think about going into ceremony, you come out and you feel totally different, of course. But when we're working with this very like subtle, diffused flower over the course of three months, right? We're not really witnessing these huge profound shifts, but they're definitely happening. Like when we reflect back, we can see the subtle changes that they can have on us and our mental states or our physical body. There's so many different, you know, ways they like to work with us. I think that's a really beautiful way of explaining it as well, because I think kind of something that I always talk about is that people expect things to be like Amazon Prime these days with like self personal development. And I think it's amazing that plant medicine has kind of emerged into the mainstream and in the powerful way that it has. And people are so much more aware of it. But I have noticed sometimes a tendency towards an avoidance to doing the more subtle or longer term deep work and thinking, well, I'll just go into a ceremony and drink ayahuasca or I'll just go and actually like, even if you have this profound experience, the integration of it is a much more slow, subtle kind of process that you move through. So I think there's so much to be honored in those more subtle experiences and really nurturing them over over a period of time. Um, something that I love to have, and I'm going to probably call it wrong now, you can correct me though. I feel like it's blue orchid. Is it blue orchid? It's um, a tea that you drink at lotus. night. Blue lotus, blue lotus. that's lotus. it. Like I really noticed just drinking that tea. We were living in Costa Rica at the time and I would make this blue lotus tea and I put some rose powder in there as well. And I'd have that at night. And not only did I have the most blissful sleep, but like the most, my intuition felt so switched on. I felt like my dreams were very powerful and potent and just really noticing again, that kind of very gradual, like 
having it a couple of times a week and then and noticing it, it build up was a really beautiful but more subtle experience it's much more subtle and you're right like we want the amazon prime of healing it's like we want to go in and we want we want to come out and want to be a different person and you know when we reflect that in nature nothing happens overnight nothing is changing in one day you know and, the, and we forget about the integration we forget about the other tools that can help us with the integration and flowers are like a beautiful one that coincide with any other type of plant medicine they pair well perfectly with just about anything um, and blue lotus is one of my favorite plants to work with she's actually in the neptune essence because i am just obsessed with that like her essence is amazing <laughs> i love that and what what is the neptune essence what's the what's that like so blue lotus is one of them and then the other is oh my gosh what's the other essence that i put in there i don't remember at the moment i there's 11 that all have different like different blends so i can't remember them all if i don't see them oh my god <laughs> that's completely fair enough babes <laughs> but blue lotus is the main one like that has the most in that in that essence and it's just such a amazing dream ally like going to bed at night really being in that space of like you know awakening the third eye and being receptive to the messages and yeah the flowers just show us that so perfectly and the you know it's always very interesting because the flowers that you know you need to work with or that are calling and speaking to you are usually the ones that are right outside your door mm -hmm. so when we start noticing of like maybe last year I started like getting this sense of like jasmine and I just love jasmine. It's like my favorite scent in the whole world. And then I woke up one morning and I walked outside, but I went like a different way down my block. And right next to our house was this like flowering wall of jasmine. I was like, I'm just waiting for me right here. <laughs> and she is just standing there so beautiful. So I tell anyone who wants to work with any type of flower essence of like, just go for a walk around your neighborhood and start talking to the plants and just seeing what energy they admit for you. Or like, when you look at them and sit with them, where do they come up in your body of like, do they awaken your heart? Do they make you feel more grounded? Do they make you feel curious or adventurous? Well, like what, what are they calling to you to really show themselves for? And we can start working with them, you know, right away, which is always really nice. Oh, so dreamy. I honestly could literally talk to you all day about plants, astrogeography, just everything. Um, but I am going to wrap up with some quick fire questions. So the first question that I want to ask is, what is a mantra that you live by? Everyone is doing the best that they can with the tools that they have. Mm, that's a great one. <laughs> Really, really great one. I think that's really good as well when we want to be like angry or like we're struggling with forgiveness. I feel like mm -hmm. that's a really powerful reminder and also self-forgiveness and self-compassion. A hundred percent. Yeah. What's the first thing that you do each morning? <laughs> okay. This has changed because I've started high-fiving myself in the morning. I love that. <laughs> so I get up. I go to the mirror, I high five myself, and I go to the bathroom and brush my teeth. But Mel Robbins, who created the five second rule, yeah. have you heard? She just released a new book about high fiving yourself in the morning and how it's like an instant hit of dopamine when we 
reach our arm up and applaud ourselves and congratulate ourselves and say like, yeah, you're doing a good job. Keep going. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're going to do that. This is wild. Like the synchronicity is like just before I came on to record this, I was on Instagram and on someone I follow's Instagram story, she she was saying like, I'm part of the high five Mel Robbins like challenge or something. And I was like, what is this high five challenge? I've not heard about that. I didn't know there was a challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently there's some like challenge ongoing as well. That's our link to it. But now I know what it is. I'm going to start high fiving myself in the road. That's such a simple way of just like starting in a great mood. So simple. Yeah. It 100% started in a great mood. And you're like, yeah, I got to great. I love that. Um, what are you currently watching? Currently, well, I started watching, um, what is it, Squid Games? The Squid, oh, what, what, is what is it like? I'm so intrigued. No, it's too much. I can't watch it. It's like my sensitive self is just very overwhelmed. So, yeah, I don't really watch. T- we don't have a TV in our home. I don't watch TV. I read a lot of books. I'm like a grandmother, but that, I tried watching it, just not for me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I must admit, I watched the trailer and I was like, it's a firm no for me, but everyone's like talking yeah. about it. And I'm like, interesting. What are you currently reading then? I'm currently reading, I just finished Liz Green, who is an astrologer. Actually, actually from London. Um, she was really famous in the seventies. She has a lot of books on astrology. So I'm reading again, this book called relating and it talks about how we relate through psychology and transpersonal psychology and astrology. Ooh, love that. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm going to know the answer to this, but is it a book or is it a Kindle? It's a book. Love that. Yeah. I always ask that question. I'm going to have to take that question out because I'm so biased. I'm like, it's got to be a book. It's got to be a book. It's a book. Oh my gosh. And it's highlighted and it's it's actually kind of destroyed because I've read it so many times. It has like water damage, but I just won't let it go. Yeah. I love that though. I feel like books like start to bring on their own history and their story and their identity. And I write in mine. I fold pages. My books are like super interactive now, but I yeah. love that. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, when are you most inspired? When I'm on an airplane, for sure. Mm. And I, I should have asked this, like, with your own chart, where are some of your favorite places to be or places that feel energetically aligned for you? Mm, definitely Mexico. Like Oaxaca, Mexico has my Saturn line, and I just feel so nourished there. It is just it's hard to explain, but it's just a place that I feel like is home and I keep returning and it teaches me in beautiful ways. And another really aligned place was Iceland, which I did a trip, a road trip around Iceland a couple years ago. And it was amazing. Like the, just everything that exists there, it looked like it was from a different planet, which is probably why I loved it. Mm. (laughs) Um, Japan is a really good one, which I haven't been to yet. We actually were planning that before lockdown hit. So that's kind of high on my list of places I'd like to travel to. I love Japan. I can't wait for you to to get. I feel like the world's opening up again now. So I'm like, it's going to happen soon. (laughs) Please. I'm like, I'm ready for it. I'm ready. I definitely feel most inspired on an airplane just mm. being very high in the clouds of just receiving. I just received like downloads and information and I'm like on the airplane, everyone else is sleeping and I'm like journaling in the corner. 
This is literally me. Like, honestly, like my journals, I, I think the time I journal the most is when I'm on an airplane. I'm suddenly just like, it's just all flowing. It's all flowing. And it's, we're so close to the angelic realm and this higher being. It just comes through so easy when we don't have like the noise of, you know, the ground and people and cell phone towers. Yeah, no, I totally hear you on that. Completely hear you on that. Um, and the last question is, what is your soul goal for the year ahead? That's very. That's a very good question. Um, I really just want to be the best earth steward that I can be. And I think that's something that was never really like considered a goal or like something that you would work towards. But really tending to the earth, like through the bees, through our garden, through whatever flower essences that I create and just having that be a way to steward back the land and really communicate with the earth. So, yeah. That is so beautiful. Honestly, I have enjoyed this conversation so much despite all Mercury's attempts to, to stop us and Squadcast's attempt to stop us. We got, we got there. How can everyone connect with you if they want to hear more about the line, the academy or readings with you? Always through Instagram at Alyssa period Donato. I recently got on TikTok. We don't know how that's going to evolve. Um, <laughs> so Instagram's probably my best method. And yeah, all the links are in my bio for everything. If you want to write me snail mail, I love receiving things in the mail. <laughs> like I wish everyone would just start sending postcards again because it's such a treat. Yeah, I would love that. I would happily pen pal my friends. <laughs> yeah, I think that we need to move towards that in 2022. Yeah, yeah, I'm advocate for that too. I'll send it by carrier pigeon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> amazing well babes thank you so much it's been an amazing conversation and I'm super grateful for you thank you so much for having me it's so so much fun and I'm so happy you connected from Mexico it just feels perfect I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Alyssa as much as I did please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review not only because I will be forever forever grateful to you and it truly truly means the world but because we will also send you a hundred dollar voucher towards one of our signature programs until next time keep living your soul yes life